recording is in progress. Yeah. Not progress. Yep. Progress. Don't progress. know why. Progress. Oh, there, just as a really random side tangent, just because you said that, the pronunciation of words or pronunciation of words is becoming such a big thing all over the internet that it's starting to irritate me. I'm like, okay, yes, you can say the word in lots of different ways, but everyone knows what you're saying. I don't, oh, yeah, anyway, sorry. I, that was not a planned rant either. You just said that. First one of the year, you started already. Well, first one of <laughs> All right, no, look, it was for a fact, you know. It oh no, it even isn't actually the start of the year because the last week's episode was whatever. It's fine. Welcome back. I'm not going to break into song because the title of this of this topic is fun. It's starting something new. Um, it is the start of thank you. I'm glad you did it because I'm not doing it. <laughs> It's it's funny. My I think I think one of my newsletters. Uh, I don't know whether it was the first one of this year or the second one. Um, oh, you're nodding as if you read it. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, you didn't read it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it was it was the start of something new. Is and as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I, I have to. I yes, I'm 25. Yes, I'm a boy. Yes, I watched High School Musical. I think everybody watched High School Musical. Like I think that's a fairly universe now it's cool to hate on it but i think it, it was cool to hate on it anyway like i was at school and well I, I, most of the people i hang around with were like sporty people and they were like oh it's not cool to watch musical stuff no no we, we don't which watch. is the exact point of <laughs> high school musical <laughs> it's, it's funny when when high school musical first came out everyone like in my spheres was saying no don't watch that it's, it's a musical it's it's all about like relationships and the rest of it no no no, it's weird and like three or four years later uh, when like number two and number three are starting to appear they're like oh yeah all the all the whole like team stuff uh and i'm just like you Ah, this is so annoying. And then because some of the references of high school music school were being used, like basketball, you're sitting, some people are sitting there going, what are you talking about? And you're like, how have you not seen it? And then everyone goes and watches it. Anyway, that was a massive side tangent. Harry Potter's next. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's next. Yes, I've been watching it. Anyway, no, no. <laughs> Bring us back. Squirrels. Um, so... Yeah. <laughs> starting something new so we've done our reviews and then we did our review of our reviews and now we're going to review our reviews of reviews sort of sort of kind of maybe <laughs> yeah. not the, so I'll, I'll give you a bit of context to the, to the idea of this one not we don't normally explain our thinking behind the episodes but i'm going to this one because i feel like it uh, <laughs> basically uh, and you can't stop us <laughs> yeah Exactly. We are in control. Um, no, so, oh, just as reference, like, I, I woke up just before this thing as well. So for people that say, oh, you don't have energy in the morning. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I wake up and like, brain, switch on, go. Uh, yeah, so the, the idea of this one is because starting new habits, starting new goals, projects, tasks, whatever you want to call it, um, can be challenging because you don't know where to start, you don't know what to start with, uh, and there are expectations that are put on starting something that aren't necessarily accurate or true or precise, potentially, um, and I'm going to use expectations from I'm going to bring in some science here. Uh, the the self-fulfilling prophecy, Pygmalion effect and Galatea effect are both uh, essentially expectations being put on you. Galatea effect is expectations from yourself, so self-beliefs, and the Pygmalion effect is external expectations, so that could be parents, business partners, peers, or just the internet. Uh, and I think those expectations impact, I would say impact, uh, how we choose to start things. So we might choose to start on the 1st of January because of external expectations, the internet. Uh, and then because you didn't, oh, I'm not going to start anymore. And that's that was the trigger for me wanting to talk about this because John and I are both starting things in the new year. Like in 2022, we didn't just decide, okay, 1st of January, let's start it. There was planning, there was processing, like we spoke about in previous episodes. But there's a there's a process to starting something new. It's not suddenly just oh one decision, drop of a hat. Yep, let's go. There's a process. There's a learning process. And when you do start something, there is going to be friction points and like walls to headbutt. John, <laughs> <laughs> to you now. 
you have to talk. Yeah, um, I find starting something really interesting. I'm really good at starting things. Finishing them is always harder for me. That's always where I've struggled. It's like, I can start something, and I start a lot of things, and, and have spent many years in business starting lots of ideas and then never finishing them, for whatever reason, <clears throat> because the new thing appears. So for me, starting is easy, but finishing is, is much harder, or sustaining is much harder. And also, that's like it's really interesting because I'm just looking around. We're now in the middle, you know, second week of January, and people are starting to quit already. People have quit already, <laughs> and and yeah, people are quitting, and it's it is just interesting, um, the flow of people starting something having really good big intentions for the year and then the moment the reality hits of the year it's like oh i actually can't do all this and like, then there's oh this, i like, need to work oh i didn't realize that was a thing yeah and there's like this layer of it's not even just that it's not even worth ethic it's like the guilt of like quitting it's like i mustn't quit as a business owner i must keep going and what I would like to bring to this discussion today is like when when you start, starting is good, but when do you know when to quit and and how do you know where that happens and when that's actually a thing? Now, the, obviously, this is going to be a preference of terminology, but I don't quit anything. Oh, <clears throat> I start something else. <laughs> So the way the way I see it, the, the way I see most things anyway, is it's it's a continuum because you don't really quit anything because you can come back to most things um, in some way. Maybe you're not doing it in the same way at the same time, same person, etc. But you're going to be using prior knowledge, prior experience from whatever it is that you did to move forwards. So I don't see myself as quitting or stopping or failing or whatever. Um, at something i see myself as starting something else that's that's my view on it yes you can mm. change terminology and i framing. think i think also i want to bring up you said three words but they, i don't believe they're the same quitting is just leaving something behind for me like mm -hmm. it's 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 reaching a conclusion it's like okay this has happened i've reached that point of like i've done something with it i've touched it now I'm stepping back away, reflecting, looking back on it. And I am happy for that to just move into the background, like into that, that void of thinking of like, it's part of me now, whatever I've taken from it is there, but it's no longer um, front of mind. Like it's, it's kind of assimilated into who I am, whether nice it word. is, I'm like not focusing on it or whatever it is. It's, become part of what I do. Um, I don't see failing and quitting is often seen as synonymous with each other, but it's not. I don't think it I is. agree. I agree. What what when you were saying what came to mind was periodization, the, the concept in strength and conditioning is that when you're working on something, you're focusing on some component of fitness, so strength or power or muscular endurance, whatever. Um, other things take a back seat and they're classed as maintenance. So you do enough to keep them ticking over, but sometimes you don't have to do anything. Sometimes you do a little bit. They're just maintained. And that's that's the way I see a lot of those things. You've, you're you working on them and then they go in the background and they're sort of just maintained. You either don't do anything and they sit there. Yes, they can deteriorate over time. So maybe you, you jump in once a month or just to see what's going on or you just leave it there to, to decay. Um, and, and that's how I see a lot of those things that I start. They, they become maintenance projects they're not really mm. active they're just there they're not archived because i still access them i still use the knowledge i've used from them in things that i'm doing now uh, all the things that i've done previously i take and use as experience to educate justify support <laughs> i don't know what is the most appropriate word um but boost uh, the decisions that i make Bayesian approach. Mm, yeah. <laughs> the Bayesian brain hypothesis, but we won't go into that. No, we don't have to go there. I, I, I skated around Gestalt psychology just because I've got to at least try not to look overly smart all the time. 
for those listening, he made a really funny face. listening to that, that was irony. Just to clarify. Your accent there really was strong. <laughs> where, where, where? On on iron. You, irony. Uh, yeah. Uh, irony. Uh, yeah. Sounds irony. like you're eating. Really? Like, oh. <laughs> irony. Is exactly. irony as? Yeah, the accent came across thick then. Uh, oh, my accent came across thick and my perception of understanding. But anyway. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dig, dig myself out. <laughs> yeah, good, good plan, good plan. <clears throat> so, I, I was going to say our, our word is simplicity, and obviously, simplicity specialist might have something to say about simplicity. Uh, and it, it, this is about the first time I've been able to just go right. Yep, yeah, point one, point two, point three, point four, point five, um, <laughs> without having to even fully engage what I was going to say because I knew what I was going to say. It's great. So, if I chose this word. I wonder. Uh, but yeah, so simplicity is is the word we're going to speak about. So I don't want to speak on it too much, too much on it now. But when it comes to starting something, having a somewhat simple, uh, which is why I wanted to preface, <laughs> yeah, a, a somewhat simple start point uh, is, I think, useful. And from my understanding of building habits, using goals, uh, whether you like or dislike the term goals, I think it comes down to how you use them, how you approach them. Uh, but obviously, New Year, everyone's decided, oh, okay, let's write about this and talk about that. And everyone's saying the same thing. Uh, but there are a couple of people that I've uh, consumed. I've consumed the content, content uh, in the New Year, one of them being Andrew Huberman, the Huberman Lab podcast. He spoke about neuroscience and building new habits, which was interesting, but repeated a lot of the information that I already knew. So that was cool, uh, but I was like, great. Uh, and then the other one was from Stronger by Science, which are actually strength and conditioning, it, like sort of educators, but not, they're mainly powerlifters. And they spoke about habit building as well. And both of them, like uh, it was, I've read them like a week apart, but both of them said, be simple when you start and only make it complex when you've actually built some sort of consistency with the habit, with the goal, with the whatever it is that you're building, which I agree with to an extent. And I wanted to get your perspective on it. <laughs> As we careful not to jump into the definition of simple and simplicity, because that kind of will interrupt the bit, a bit at the end. Um, yeah, that's why I, I think like, I need to tread lightly. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're asking the guy who has simplicity specialist in his name to talk about simple and not use all of his points already. Ah, yeah, I... I understand what they're trying to say. I agree to a certain extent. You need an easy way in. It needs to ease you in. I think often simplicity and ease, this isn't actually a point, it should have been. Simplicity and ease are often used in tandem along with another word is one of my points so we'll leave that one alone for now like simplicity and ease are often interchangeable and sometimes finding simplicity isn't actually that easy ease and simplicity yes. do not they're then they're not synonymous with each other but often we think about that i believe when starting something new it needs to be easy it needs to be as effortless as possible to move into it there needs to be something that pulls you in especially when motivation is involved and when you need to kind of make yourself do something there needs to be a, a a pull to draw you into doing it and it needs to be something that is accessible i think accessible is a better word i prefer accessible than ease yeah so that, that that's kind of that's kind of the path i was hoping you would go down when i was like pitching the question <laughs> um because a lot of what the the research I, I say research in in quote marks because it's not actually all research. A lot of the research isn't around goals and habits in the sense of starting something new. Uh, it's kind of inferred from whatever of whatever the research says. Yes, there is research in it, but it's not actually empirical. It's not great, but it's there. Uh, and they use simple as a word to explain minimal things involved. And they deliberately choose not to use easy. And I was like, okay, I agree and disagree <laughs> with, with, with context. And I was like, mm, it sort of depends because from, from the way I see starting something new, 
is it can be easy Mm. But I, I think if something is easy to start with, it's not necessarily easy to continue. And, yeah. and Jonathan is nodding. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. Yeah. And, and also, if something is too easy or is easy to, I, mean, I am really struggling when you said what you said, because that's one of my damn points um, and drives me insane. I hate the concept of simplicity being less. It drives me insane. Because it's not bloody true. Do you want to switch it up and do the uh, definitions now and then explore further? Yes, please, because you're yeah. driving me. I, I, I'm just like, yeah. So yeah. my first point. I, I, I don't think you can contain yourself. I can't. I'm really sure. I thought I was doing really well. I'm just like, then you said the one phrase. I'm just like. <gasps> okay, so simplicity does not mean less. Simplicity is not minimalism. They are separate concepts just be now one of the ways you can achieve simplicity is by removing things but another way you can achieve simplicity is by adding things because it actually helps you to achieve what you want to achieve in a way that works for you it's simpler because you can do it in that way a good example i have um is for me time tracking i often get caught in a spiral of like doing lots of things at once hyper focus blah 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 blah. for me i have two apps that basically do the same thing now i'm being careful apps is a good example because it's tangible and easy to see but apps are not simplicity either just to preface that but i have an app for tracking huh i was gonna say the same word preface i was about i was like yeah you got there (laughs) yeah um and so I have an app for tracking time, for being able to keep track of how long something is taking. I don't bill per hour on standard, but I like to see how much time I'm spending per project so I can make sure that I'm budgeting correctly, charging correctly to, to, to ensure sustainability in my business. Because if I'm doing too many hours and not being paid for it, that, that sucks. It's not going to work um, in the long term. So I needed a way of being able to see how long am I actually spending on a project? But some projects have add-ons of tech. So I need to be able to be more specific on what I'm doing. And so I have two distinct apps. One is Rise, which is always tracking. It's just on. Because I found myself when I tried to time block, when I tried to, you know, time box, whatever the words they are, I found myself struggling. And actually, I think I mentioned in the last episode either that or somewhere else that i was going to explore time blocking and time boxing it's not worked very well (laughs) it's just not worked because my brain just keeps going into different places and i need to be able to close the loop on one thing before i can move on to the other if i have multiple loops open and i'm trying to focus on one thing at a time i just my brain can't close the loop but that's beside the point and so uh, Rise is the app that I use, is always tracking my time, just in general. It's categorizing, making sure I can see how long I'm spending on things, whether I'm getting distracted on certain certain things, how much time I'm spending in meetings, so that I know that the balance is right for me and what I want, because I'm defining my own productivity instead of just doing what everybody else tells me to do. And that means I can track my energy, like, how am I feeling? Okay, this is how I'm feeling, it's evidence. If I was to track every second in the other app that I'm going to mention in a minute, I would be spending more time tracking than I am actually getting on with my work, which is the problem. Then on the other hand, we have the specific time-based tracking. When I'm working on a specific project or setting up tech for someone, for very few clients, I do have hourly tracking, very few. Um, But for that, I use Toggle and I have my Stream Deck in front of me and I press the button when I'm working on client work and it tracks the time specifically and I press stop. They are the same thing for all intensive purposes. And I started using just Toggle because it's one app for one thing. However, it isn't one thing. They have distinct purposes. They have distinct needs and wants from it. So what sounds not very simple for me is simplicity in its best form because it means I can compartmentalize things in a way that works for me that i understand simplicity is understanding which is another word that we have to break down but whatever and i've just gone like through 
Wow, I have too much to talk about on this one. Normally, I'm the one who's quiet on this one, but we're 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 where's it matter today? <laughs> how many how many points have you gone through? Uh, simplicity equals less. Simplicity. I touched on simplicity equals understanding. Uh, I I cut, kind of covered one and a half. Do you want to go again? Oh, too right, I do. So I touched on this one just a minute ago. Simplicity is about understanding context. If you have the context of, and I'm talking specifically from a standpoint of productivity, from like development, because that's what I do. Basically, business is a form and a nasty ass form of personal development. The greatest, one of the greatest challenges you could have in personal development. And so simplicity comes from understanding your contexts and what they matter and figuring out and connecting that together. If you do not understand what you need, you cannot achieve simplicity. You cannot achieve simplicity until you know what you need. And so the context provides simplicity. An understanding of that context provides simplicity. I could just keep going for ages. I want to give you a chance to talk. Yeah, so... I, I understand, or I have a, a grasp of what you're saying, but I don't necessarily agree with everything. Um, yeah. My, my first words is desirable difficulty. Oh. <laughs> uh, but it's literally like desirable difficulty. Now I put CLT in brackets because cognitive load theory. Mm. Um, uh, I, I'm not going to go into cognitive load theory that much, but essentially the more load you put on your brain, the harder it is, the less load you put on the brain, the easier it is. Um, now, simplicity, easy are very similar words. I think they can be interchanged in some contexts and not in others. Uh, and the way that I see simplicity is finding desirable difficulty for you at that point in time. So that mm. could be something that is very easy or simple, or it could be something that is quite challenging and difficult. And this is where I think simplicity ties quite nicely in with bore out or burnout. Burnout being there is too much demand, i.e. difficulty is too difficult, bore out being there is not enough demand and it's just too easy. So the way I see simplicity is simplicity is the, the bit in the middle. It's the desirable difficulty in the middle where it's hard enough that it's giving you something to do, something to challenge at that point in time, but not too hard that you're like, nah, my, my brain's exploding. Like maybe, maybe that, that difficulty could be the amount of loops open or the amount of challenge you need to be under. Uh, that could be extraneous load. So things from the external environment that could be internal load, that could be beliefs or perceptions, expectations from like by yourself. Uh, and then it could be loads of other, what I would class as ambient stresses, <laughs> just like the, the daily daily load of stresses, which would, could just be like desire to sleep. Like maybe you didn't get much sleep last night, so you're going to be tired earlier on in the day. That's going to impact how simple your day needs to be um, to find the desirable difficulty throughout your day, which ties in, I think, with managing your energy throughout the day. Uh, so that's, that's where I see it. And where the, the difference is for me, as you said, adding on, creates simplicity i think i don't think it creates simplicity i think it can manage the desirable difficulty which i guess adding something gets you to simplicity potentially yes yeah uh which which may be what you what you were saying so in in, in my head this this is where i would like to sort of illustrate things in my like I have this vision in my head. This is why I want to do photo manipulation. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to get this out of my head. Basically, you've got like a, a timeline of bore out, burnout and simplicity in the middle with all the other things that I've just said around it. Uh, that, that's how I see it uh, with desir yeah. desirable difficulty being like the, the timeline. Yeah. And I think actually the desirable difficulty is, is, is kind of the point of simplicity. Like, I actually do very much agree. And I think my points... They skirt around it, but they don't nail it head on. Whereas your point really does nail it on, let nail it head on of like, you're trying to achieve desirable difficulty to help you to reach where you want to go. And using that, using and, and creating that creates, yeah, no, I really like that. That's a, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad the simplicity specialist likes it. <laughs> yes, I, I approve. <laughs> 
Well, hopefully you don't change your podcast through uh, any of this conversation. <laughs> no, because I think the points I'm like, so. for me, the points I'm making are exactly the same points you're making just described slightly differently. Mm. I think I, I complete, I think we're on the same page. It's just my way of describing it was a longer way around, whereas desirable difficulty is a summary of basically all of my points. Oh, Two, two words summarizes all five of your points, really. <laughs> that yeah, the context isn't there, but it, that's the end goal. It's it's finding desirable difficulty. It's you know having an understand. So other points I made is like having an understanding and bringing all your distinct parts together, distinct kind of things that are occurring for you, which brings in what you were saying before around grabbing all of the you know. Um, outside pressures and extraneous load that's the word i was looking for extraneous load that's there and bringing that in when you try to create simplicity it's like there was an extraneous load for me when using toggle on its own whereas with toggle and rise the load is less and i needed a reduction of load to find simplicity and so that's how it like directly correlates together beautifully Yep. Uh, so how many points have you gone through? Two, three? Uh, I kind of summarized most of them, I think. Sometimes th taking things away, doing less increases complexity. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the same thing. Sometimes mm. taking things away, doing less increases complexity. Because in... in oh. I wouldn't say it, compl uh, it increases complexity. I would say it increases difficulty, but I wouldn't say complexity because I see complexity as multiple things. Uh, mm. So my, I mean, my, yeah. my definitions of simple and complex are <laughs> simple, but the way, the way I see those two words is simple is there's not as many things, whereas complex is there is more things. Easy is that thing is relatively easy compared to that thing. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't a great example, but that, that's how I see it. Um, yeah, no, that makes sense. It makes sense. Okay. It makes sense. So, okay, um, I'll move on to my second point then, which could get quite heavy quite quickly, so please stop me, is simplicity is knowledge of causes. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so long story short, this, is part, this kind of relates to part of my PhD and what knowledge is, what understanding is. So I'm going to try and simplify <laughs> my explanation and basically say that to be simple, you need to understand the cause of whatever it is that is that you're doing. So if you are doing something and you don't understand why you're doing it, or if you're acting in a way and you don't understand why you're doing it or the purpose behind it or the foundation that your assumptions, your actions, your beliefs have been built on, then you're not really going to be able to make something simple because you could be using a, an analogy. You could be building a house on a mile, uh, like an acre field, um, but you don't need all of that stuff. And then you actually need more materials to build the house because your field is massive. So understanding that your field is massive and go, oh, actually, <laughs> we don't need that big of a mansion or a house and we just need this little small, small house. Understanding your knowledge of causes and the foundation helps you to reduce the things later on and make it simple. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really good. I like that. Okay. That, that's the analogy I have in my head. And terminology can get extremely complicated when you start talking about knowledge of causes and whether P is S and P is Y of X. And yeah, so I, I, like, I like that. Analogy. makes perfect sense and relates to the deeper level of understanding of what you need. That they kind of what I said was a really simple version of what you said. Does that analogy work? Yeah, no, I think it works. It, I mean, perfectly. it's a bit out there, but <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if we link it back to what I was saying before, because that's easier, because it's a concept I understand. It's like the causes for me of being able to have to. I need to know this information, but I struggle to do it because having to break my flow to press a button was too great. Like I didn't want that. That got in the way of certain things, but when I'm actually trying to track specificity, mm. 
and trying to be specific, then that interruption helps me. So it's like the two different ways of how I work correlate to what I need. Yeah, my, my third one, I've written plain language, but it could also be plain actions or plain beliefs or plain whatever. I was going to put plain, but I needed to put something after it. So meow. Plain, yeah, um, apparently planes is a species of zebra. My sister does zoology and I was reading through one of her essays yesterday and I was like, plain? Yeah, it's a species of zebra, or, or it's like a group of zebra. I don't know, it's something to do with zebras. That's what she's writing about. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, plain language. Now, this, I, I'm not going to rant about the Feynman technique, but grr. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but plain language, being able to explain something or understand something or have a grasp of something requires plain explanations, yeah. which means that you understand where where and what the assumptions are with the words that you've used so a good example practical example of this is probably in teaching actually let me think uh yeah let's use that one so when when primary school teachers are trying to teach anything in history the individuals i.e the students need to understand numbers if they don't understand what number is bigger than the other number then they're not going to know what happened first because they don't understand numbers. So knowledge of causes, the, the plain explanation of, I don't know, Egyptians were before us. <laughs> the, the individual learner needs to understand the basic assumption that, okay, wherever AD, BC, are crap with history, but AB, whenever they were, is before now. Um, and plain language, plain actions, being able to explain whatever it is that you're doing in plain terms means that you understand the knowledge of causes that got you there did that like make sense that. yes yes it did yes it did so basically if you can explain it to an eight-year-old oh don't you <laughs> age poke has nothing bear. to do with it poke the bear Age has nothing to do. I knew you were going to do something. Age has Come nothing on, did to you do expect anything else? No, no, not at all. I, and... I literally put a link to your video in my recent email that I sent out because I just had to mention it because I just loved the concept of how the Feynman technique was made by a marketer. It literally is. It literally is. I've I've ranted so much in my head about it. It's so annoying. Um, but the thing the thing about that video is, right, is uh, well, not from a marketing perspective, but from like a concept perspective of writing it. When when I looked at Active Recall, it wasn't it wasn't built by a marketer. But the terms used in academics is not at Active Recall because it's not accurate. Retrieval practice is the word used, which is what I said in the video. And when I actually look at Active Recall. And you look at the trends and you look at everything that's gone on with active recall as a term, as a word, as a thing that people use, it all comes from one friggin' video. And I'm like, okay, great. What about everything else that is encompassed in active recall, which is obviously what I spoke about in the video, retrieval practice. Active recall is flashcards. No, it's not. No, it's not. Um, and the more I look at study techniques. Strap in, ladies and gentlemen. I started him off. The, the more I look at study techniques and the more I like the more I look at study techniques as an actual academic rather than as just an average consumer just binge watching random content I was going to put a word there random content um, the more I get irritated because I, I look at it and go actually as an academic when I when I listen and read and consume this stuff you're talking absolute baloney <laughs> educational science doesn't agree you say science there is no science shut up um, uh, so, and the, the analogy say, that say what you think, don't hold back. Oh, if I said what I think, there'd be much more explosives. <laughs> um, the, the analogy that I like to use that I came up with actually in one of my vlogs, uh, which was an interesting discovery when I was ranting about this in one of my vlogs, uh, just for context, my vlogs are on Patreon. So if you're interested to hear me rant about whatever's going on, that's where, uh, but yeah, in, in one of my in one of my vlogs uh i i came up with the concept as a coach sports coach 
when when a coach is trying to coach something in a sport, I'll use football because it's the UK's most popular sport, and you teach someone to pass, there are lots of different drills that you can use to teach someone to pass. You can have someone standing in front of you and you pass backwards and forwards. Does it get them to pass? Yes. Is it useful? Not really, because anyone can kick a ball forwards. <laughs> uh, and, and I see study techniques as the drills. You could use loads of different drills and they'll get you to the same result. One may take longer than the other. One may be more efficient for you in that context at that time. But at the end of the day, study techniques are all different drills that a coach, teacher, learner can put in place. Some of them are crap, but still work. Some of them are really efficient for some and really inefficient for others. But that needs to be explained. And it's not. End rant. I'm going to start because, yeah. And this is this is what I believe is the same problem with productivity advice and business advice. Because it's the same thing. They are drills. I like that. It's a really good like analogy for it. I'm not Conceptualization. Yeah. It it is. It it's it's a drill. Like, you know, the power method is a, a a drill. It's a a thing you do. Okay, separate everything to projects, areas, resources, and archives. Separate that out. Because it's a drill, it's a practice, it's something that you try and then you move things around and then you figure out how that works. It's the same thing with every single concept in business and productivity. It's like, you know, having a you know value-based pricing. Here's this way I value this. Here's this way I value that. Like value is, ba you should always charge more because most people undersell, but not necessarily. This is, it's a drill, it's a practice, it's to think about it. The the idea that you have to have one signature offer or the fact that you have to niche down and you have to have a specific thing when people say okay so who's your target audience be very specific it's a drill it's a practice it's like in business this is that i help these people do these things so that they can do that that is not to go on your sales page that is a drill it's a practice for you to realize how you talk about what you do it's it's a way of explaining it and figuring it out in your own head so that when you're in the real world when you're out there and you're talking to people it's this elevator pitch concept i'm going to just ramble on this a bit the elevator pitch concept is stupid because you're never going to be in an, in an elevator with someone describing who's gonna come up to you and go oh so what do you do oh well i help these people do these things so that they can achieve that oh i want to buy everything from you right now it just doesn't really happen it doesn't happen for the vast majority of people i apologize for headphone users <laughs> get over it he just he just decided to eat the mic a couple of times <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, so the... I have finished. <laughs> oh, okay, carry on, carry on. Oh, I have actually, not finished. But before you carry on, before you carry on, yeah. I think applying a lot of what you're saying, applying the concepts of sports coaching, pedagogy, educational science into these things, I think helps people conceptualize it. Because as soon as I said drills, your your head suddenly went, oh, oh. And I, I, yeah. I think it's it can be useful to reframe those things which is exactly what your little rant was so carry on i like the reframing yeah and, and i think this is when people talk to me that like, oh i i'm i'm doing this because someone told me to it's like well why oh because because that's what other people but yeah but why oh i help these people do these things so that they can achieve yeah but that's not what you care about is it why why are you actually doing your business like like you're just giving me a pitch. I can, I feel pitched too. Just talk to me like a human, have a conversation because that's all marketing and everything about business is it's a conversation. Now there's a whole nother problem of how to bring people into the conversation, which is where I believe podcasting is at the moment from what I, my experience, context, etc podcasting is a perfect way to do it that's why i started my podcast going back to the topic of this episode of like what like you know starting something new the reason why i started the podcast is because this podcast was an amazing way for me to connect with more people everybody who has bought from me or a lot of the people who kind of are in this audience now 
have signed up to something with me, have worked with me directly, and, have, and some have done the same with you, because of this, because of the conversations we had, the unclean, the not-so-craziness, the, you know, rocking back and forward in the chair, the, 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 the imperfect conversations that we have here are actual real conversations. They're not a pitch on a pitch deck. They're not a, they're not a snappy headline. Because those snappy headlines, those pitch decks, the business advice, the, the niching exercises, the other bullshit that we're told to do by marketers is a practice. It is a, it, 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 it's a test. It's to get you thinking. It's to, but they don't but they have it as a solution. It's for you to learn, not for you to use all the time. Not for you to say, I only help these kinds of people. Of course you don't help one kind of person. Some people do. And if your niche has helped you to focus on that and you use that as a basis, sure, it's a framework. It's a starting point. Doesn't mean you can't deviate because we are naturally humans. If you get bored after a while, you're going to deviate. We just naturally do that. Doesn't mean you're wrong. You don't have to force yourself back into the box just because someone tells you. Consistency. Consistency in content. Make sure you post once a week, every day, once a this, once a that. This is just a drill. Ship 30 for 30, which is a fantastic program. I really enjoyed it. Was a drill. It's a practice. Yeah. 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 Practice. Yeah. It's a practice. It's a practice. It's a thing you try. And you see, and it develops your voice. It's not a, it's not a way to get rich. It's marketed as a way to become a better writer and blah, 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 blah. But it's the act of actually doing it repeated. I think it's more like repeated drills, which is a practice at the same time, I suppose. It, so you could correct me on that one. Cause you yeah, re repeated, repeated drills would be a modality of training terminology yeah. which is which is basically practice a different mode of training yeah. now carrying on with the sports analogy and practice and training and drills etc obviously i could bring in all of sports coaching <laughs> um but i think that so i'll explain something uh, i'll explain this and then i'll go to something i was thinking about um with when it when it comes to coaching you can coach the same skill so like the, the passing in the football, you can coach the same skill with the same drill using different modalities or different philosophies of training. So they could be doing the exact same thing. So they could be uh, passing in a straight line backwards and forwards, fine, but you could give different feedback because you're using a different modality of training. And in your example of you need to post content, yes, you could say, okay, the drill is the content. We're going to do this content, great. And practice, we're gonna do it once a week, great but the modality could be different modality being you need to post once a week to do xyz or we think you should post this because of these reasons what constraints and affordances can we allow for you to do that yeah and th that's different modalities what what came to mind so this is going to relate to what i've started and i'll probably explore that a little bit in a minute because i've still got one more point <laughs> is uh when, when you were talking about labels and stuff yeah, yeah i this is what happened in my head. I have a conference room. So I'm trying to visualize what I'm what I'm thinking. Conference room, person up on stage, and kind of like a, a game, you know, where you like walk around like first person games. Everyone on the top of their head has their like catch line, their catchphrase. And like, great. You and you identify a person by a catchphrase, but it means absolutely nothing until you you walk up to the person and you push whatever button on the controller that it is, and then you actually talk to them. The cat phrase means almost nothing. You, you don't really pay attention to it. It's like, ah, great. Um, what do you actually do? What do you actually do? <laughs> That's what's going on. Unless you push the button to talk to the person, the catchphrase is just a, a way of locating people. And and that's what it is. It, it's a sign. It's a signpost. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. That's interesting. It's designed it's to... But... It's useful, yes, absolutely. And no one is saying that drills are not useful as a musician. Oh, God, they're useful. They're boring and dull, but they are useful. They have value. Modality yes, I know training. you could make... Huh? <laughs> modality of training just changed the yeah. modality in you. Yeah. Yeah. You just, it, but often what is promoted as the one way of working, which is why I have such a fucking problem with it. Tradition. Yeah, it's tradition, but it doesn't mean anything. Not really. Mm. It's just a practice. 
And this is a concept, before I get to my last point, this is a concept in sports which is fairly widely accepted, yet it's not applied for some silly reason. Obviously, money is involved. Um, but professional athletes often don't make very good coaches because they don't have the same skill set. And it's very well recognized that professional athletes become professional managers for some silly reason. And then they suck and they get fired because they're crap at coaching because they don't understand how to coach. Uh, and then you have people like, whether you like him or hate him, Mourinho, who didn't play professional football because he wasn't that good at football. But he's an extremely competent coach and manager. Not so much now, but he is. He, he understands a lot of it. Uh, and when you look at the good coaches and the good managers, they weren't that good at the sport, but they know how to coach. Coaching and educational science is completely different to doing something. And this is where I think in, this could be applied to business. I don't know. I don't know the research and I don't know the experience. I can just speak from anecdotals. Um, just because you become successful in your business doesn't mean you can help other people do it in theirs. I don't yeah, know. Absolutely. Um, that is, that is, yeah, that is the thing. That is the truth. Every single person, including myself, including myself, I can't, I'm not absconded from this, is sharing from their experience and their experience alone. It's just most people don't have the balls to say that. Whereas I'm just like, yeah, I don't know everything. When I, when I, when I coach someone and I do business coaching or consulting, I'm like, right, I don't know everything. Um, I'm going to screw up. That's the relationship we're in. But everything I do is going to be in the interest of you based on what you need from my perspective. If it doesn't work, it's not going to work every time. And that's and that is just the truth. I cannot get it right every time. I'm pretty good at what I do. I make good judgment calls based on my experience and what I've done, but I will never get it right every time because that's just the facts. And so with. <laughs> The reason why I'm so good at what I do, or I believe I'm good at what I do, is because I don't I don't see myself as an expert. Because I'm only an expert in what I do. And that's it. And it's very exhausting um, in the space that we inhabit, where we have all these productivity gurus who talk about things from a very like oh well this is science this is medical based so it's true but if you speak to them it's a very different story i will never talk about sports i will very rarely talk about health because i'm not the healthiest of person i know that i am aware of that so i do not have a say however you want to talk to me about business Let's chat because I can help. I have a very particular set of skills and I will find you and I will kill all the bad business advice. That has to be a thing now because that's really quite entertaining. That's a meme. That's a meme. You're just you're just making it a meme. No one no one cares, but you're making it a meme. Yeah, it's my not a meme is just a repeated idea. So I'm just going to repeat the idea until it becomes it. So there we go. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to get to my last point before we go on another tangent because you really triggered me with something you just said, and I'm like, I need to. But no, um, explicit action and explanation, uh, and it, it ties in with plain language, knowledge of causes, desirable difficulty in that if- Which is something... the thing we started with right at the beginning. There's literally, yeah. the people who missed the um, like words have meaning segment. Welcome to this episode where everything is words have meaning segment. I, I like this though, because we, we're, we're exploring each bit quite extensively and relating it to the topic at hand, but we'll-, we'll... We'll get your feedback on that. But yeah, so the explicit action and explanation, the reason I have that down is because I think from my experience, lots of people have implicit associations with things. So they use prior experience, prior beliefs, prior expectations to justify and educate their future actions, their future beliefs, um, based in brain hypothesis, for those of you that are interested in the science. Uh, <laughs> and what explicit associations and explicit actions and explanations mean is you know the connection. So if you want to visualize that in Obsidian or in any network thought app, if you have two nodes, 
that is an implicit association. They could be implicit, so implicitly associated because they're in the same vault or they're in the same general vicinity of storage. There is no explicit association because there is no line. What that line consists of is going to determine how explicit that association is. So there's no way to do this in most network talk apps, but if there is two associations, maybe the line gets thicker. Maybe there's two causes, or maybe the reasoning has more justification to it, so the line should be thicker, i.e. the association be thicker. There are lots of reasons for the line to be thicker, but that connection is made. It's explicit. There is, there is a reason behind there is an association between these two nodes and things. Obsidian devs, get on it. <laughs> That's a really cool idea. Uh, I, maybe, maybe. Uh, or not necessarily Obsidian, just any thought network thought app. I yeah, had a you and I use Obsidian, so we're going to be biased. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I'm going to be exploring Nogsic, uh in a couple of well next week, maybe, um, because people in my comment section keep pestering me about it, and I'm like, I haven't looked at it for like three months, and I know there's been loads of updates, but I can't imagine me using Logsic because some of the fundamental features I use in Obsidian aren't in Logsic. Um, but we will see, we will see, because that that may have changed. Uh, what what I want to talk about now is me starting like the new thing, you know, the very very original point. Uh, of, of, of this episode and photo manipulation i brought it up a couple of times it is something that i want to learn to do better because i can do it i know how to put text on a page uh, and then put like a, a random color gradient over photos <laughs> you've seen the thumbnails uh, and I, I can do it to a very basic fundamental level but the understanding the depth of understanding that i would have needed to be able to create some of the things that i have seen online through photoshop just wasn't there. And I decided, not necessarily like on the spot, but I decided, you know what, I want to be able to try and illustrate the things that are in my head. Because there are so many things in my head, I'm like, ah, oh, if people could see that, they would, it, it would just make more sense. I don't know whether that's true or not, but it makes more sense to me. But I mean, okay, I'm going to tell you this story. And yeah, Pictionary is a great game. We, as a family, we, yeah, I know, bear with me. Pictionary is a great game. You try and draw out words and then people try and uh, like guess what you've drawn and it goes through. We play it as a family at Christmas, right? My drawing effing sucks, like absolutely sucks. No one ever understands what I'm drawing ever. The only time they understand one, like what I'm drawing is if they're like completely drunk out of their brains, like, oh, it must be this thing. Like my drawings absolutely suck. So when I decided, hey, I'm going to try photo manipulation and people started drawing things. I'm like, nah, that's not happening. Like stickmen is the peak of my ability. So photo manipulation is something that I've started. And for those of you that have followed me on Instagram, you have seen that my first image was pretty pants, but I'm learning lots of skills and tying this back into simplicity. I did not realize how many friggin' buttons there are in photo manipulation tools. Like there are so many buttons. And the thing is that makes it more complicated is you have the same button in four different places. So if there's like a hundred buttons, you actually have 400 buttons you can push. I didn't, I didn't realize this. I didn't know this. I was scrolling through so many things and I'm learning loads. Are the outputs any good? No, no, they're not. But do I care? No, because I'm learning. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Small. That, that's that's how I'm starting something new. I, I've started it, and like I said to John before we started, uh, before we started recording, uh, my my photo manipulation. I, I started it thinking I'm not. I don't think I'm going to like this because it was so different and quite difficult for me to understand. Like, I knew how to basically mask, but that was it. I didn't know how to use a pen tool. I didn't know didn't know that white and black masking can shade things out, shade things in, and use exposure to do the shading of this, that, and the other. Dark exposure, light exposure. I didn't know any of that. I've learned that in the last three days. Uh, but I started out going this is going to be so difficult. And I just literally made the easiest thing possible. Now I'm spending four or five hours on just like color grading a plank of wood. Yeah. And it's fun. And it's fun. Doesn't sound it, but it is. No, no, it doesn't. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. I'm not even exaggerating. I spent four hours trying to color grade a plank of wood into a shape because I couldn't work out how to like what buttons to push when and where. Once I'd done it, the rest of the image came together in like half an hour. <laughs> I love that. 
I love that. And so, like, roaming on the realms of starting something new, I started a podcast, a solo one, um, because I do sit quite quiet in this conversation because I like responding. I enjoy that idea of responding to people. However, I want to get better at leading a conversation because I'm better at replying and responding. And I have lots of ideas and I share those ideas with everyone around me and they never go anywhere. And so, and I started doing videos. Um, they didn't work, not for me. I tried to, I think I touched on this in the last one, uh, last episode of like the videos, I'm trying to structure them in the right way so that they fit the YouTube meta of like, you know, only the information you need. Whereas I like talking more than just the surface level concepts. And so for me, what I did is start a podcast because one, it is the lowest barrier to entry for me. So is the simplest um, way of working where I just go into Descript, record, edit, and then I have overdub so I can just cop, just sneak over some words when I fluff what I say, I can cover it up. So not cover it up, but replace it so it makes sense. And so it's coherent all the time. And then I just hit publish from within Descript. It's in, it's up, it's done. I write something. And then when someone goes, oh, I love this bit of your podcast, that becomes another piece of content. Because it's a way of me being able to share more ideas in a non-linear function where I'm not restricted and I don't feel restricted to edit myself because I naturally edit myself quite a bit because that's what I'm used to doing. This gives me a chance just to talk. Similar to how in this, I have no say in the edits. Purposefully. Because when I did have say in the edits, it became a fucking pain in the ass for both of us. Now, Danny edits... More, more you than me. More me. Well, yeah, it's a pain in the ass for me. Um, and so now it just goes up. And that's the similar concept. I edit a little bit more on my podcast. Well, I actually edit on the podcast. We don't. I, I cut out the beginning like faff. Uh, and then, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. So I do a little bit more editing just to make sure my ideas are cohesive and not like an hour long. Um, and then it goes up. And the reason why I did that was because I wanted to just share ideas instead of trying to formulate the correct way of working. Because as someone in business, I've been trained to do it that way. I've been trained to start, middle, end from school into business instead of just holding a freaking conversation, which started from this podcast that we both did, that we're both doing, and is now expanded into my own because I find it easy to just talk and then edit later. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see. I don't know where you'd get the stats from. Obviously, I know you use Otter at the moment. But I was thinking, could could you work out from Otter a percentage of who talks how much? Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah? yeah. It'd, be inter it'd be interesting to see those stats like evolve over time because I, I recognize at the beginning of this podcast, our conversations was very much me me talking and you giving a a fairly brief subtle response and then me having to figure it out again uh, <laughs> which i was totally fine with because i was just blabbering away which not many people allow me to do they sort of tell me to shut up after a first couple of minutes so it was nice but and i, I find that just just i want to i want to come in here and just i like that i don't think that's a problem i don't see like um me being quiet as an issue is what i'm saying um but I also acknowledge that for me to have my own voice, I need to talk more. So it's kind of like, I don't have a problem with responding and I don't think this pod podcast is going to go anywhere for a while <laughs> because I like the conversations we're having. I don't think it needs to go anywhere though. That's the thing. Like no. I, this is going to sound kind of selfish, but just having a conversation with someone that is similar minded that you get on with well and about a conversation or a topic that is relatable uh, in that time in that time period you can explore different ideas like i explore different ideas in my in my blogs and this is a way to explore those ideas just in a more cohesive way because i'm speaking to someone and i need to be able to explain it to someone else not the Feynman technique because john you're not eight or five or whatever the friggin thing is um 
but <laughs> yeah but but it, and and, it, and it's fun it's fun talking with people and i'm i'm going to label this a little bit and say learning is retrieval and this yeah. conversation is retrieval practice oh that was an idea from whenever i have to think about it and then explain it to you yeah oh, and and i think that's like by going and just to explain what i meant by it's not going anywhere i don't mean becoming big i mean as in we're gonna keep freaking doing it mm. yeah because i have no like i'm taking bits of this podcast because they're cool ideas that i want to share and that's about it mm. and that's what marketing is it's a conversation i mean frankly both of us are marketing without even trying yeah <laughs> and that's what i think it should be you take the frameworks and ideas that you are learning through business and you start something new with it. I think I want to add something as well, because the the comparison from my experience of listening to many, many podcasts is when people get guests on, the conversations are fairly surface because the guests don't know one another that well. They they don't know the ins and outs of each other's business. They don't know the ins and outs of each other's like daily lives or whatever. And a lot of the time the host has to do loads of research, which is obviously on the internet about the guest, which means the guest is going to have information that the host doesn't know about. I think because both of us have been speaking for a year longer now, we know each other fairly well. Like I could probably finish some of John's sentences and John could attempt at finishing some of mine. Some of the words I use are a bit long and un unwieldy, but... <laughs> Uh, you, you know roughly what I'm going to say, when I'm going to say it, and how I'm going to respond. So we can have a conversation that goes deeper than just, hey, there's this thing. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And it's more interesting. Hmm. I feel. Yeah. The, the podcasts that I enjoy the most are either the ones that an individual, I mean, the scientist in me is either the ones where an individual is explaining their interpretations of research or the ones that where there are two people that actively talk to one another, either they're interviewing someone or they talk to each other because of the profession. So one of my one of my preferred podcasts is a sports psych show. But Dan Abrahams talks with all of his guests outside of the podcast. So he knows what they're doing in their spare time, in their research. And it's a conversation between friends rather than a conversation between a host and a guest. And that dynamic is different. Yeah. And and there's there's just a lesser expectation. It, they're not on the podcast to sell. They're not having a conversation to promote something. It is just a conversation, pure and simple, which I think is where the best stuff comes. Certainly where my best stuff comes when I'm having conversations, I have ideas that I wouldn't have because of the synthesis of both of us. We have similar interests, but the way we approach them are very different. And that synthesis creates something new. <laughs> Look at that. That was a good, like, wait you know science science yes yes uh, something that came to mind actually before before we close this out you mentioned in your podcast that you dub over some of your errors mistakes i want to make something really abundantly clear with my conversations with myself because i've got this question a few times do i record the, the conversation separately yes i have to because obviously i'm both parts of the conversation um, but i do want to make it very clear that i mess up a lot in those conversations i mess up the tonality a lot in those conversations and do i edit stuff out yes and when you see my face nodding it means the other person has messed up <laughs> It's not deliberate. I put those in there to make sure that when I do mess up, I have something to put there rather than black space. Yeah, Edi That's editing beautiful. is grateful. Editing is great <laughs> to cover mistakes. Unfortunately, in the real world, you can't just edit out your mistakes. I wish I could overdub myself sometimes. Seriously. You listen to yourself thinking, I, I, can I just like rewind that and just like add these words in? A lot of the time. I mean, yeah, in Descript, like, you can. <laughs> Yeah, and it, and I think there's there's a lot of shame. People, oh, we need to just do another episode on this, like talking about that. People often, oh, well, you shouldn't edit things. You should just say what's natural, and it's like, yeah, but you can edit in a way that is still natural and it's still what you're trying to say. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think editing editing out the fluff is needed in a lot of contexts. 
this is going to relate to the speed reading that we spoke about earlier. I don't know whether that was before the podcast or on it. Um, but I, yeah, but Adam Grant tweeted about speed reading and said that it's not useful. And I was like, yeah, context. Um, because if you if your understanding of a topic is quite deep and you have a good grasp of what they're talking about, going over things that you already know, just do it quickly. Like if someone's if if I read an article and someone says para is, I'm just going to speed read that because I know what para is. GTD is I'm speed reading that because I know what that is, or I'm just skipping the section entirely. Someone says and I something complicated that I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? I was trying to think of something I don't understand, but if I don't understand it, I can't think of it. Duh. Um, yeah, so something complicated I don't understand. I'm going to be slower in trying to read it, or and that sort of thing. So d- dubbing out fluff in edits is one of those things that I, I I have a challenge with because I need to work out who I'm speaking to to work out yeah. what fluff I, I can get rid of. Uh, and and that's, that's one of those challenges for, for communication, especially linear communication. Like, what is the baseline of assumptions that I can make when I'm explaining this thing? Because some people aren't going to have the same base. Well, actually, everyone's going to have a different baseline, but some people that I'm speaking to are going to have a lower baseline than the one that I've pitched. How you figure that out, um, you can't, <laughs> especially online anyway. When you're having a conversation with someone, you can figure out, which is why I prefer face-to-face conversations yeah. uh, or, or speaking with someone, because you can work out their baseline of understanding and work from there. And I think that's I think that's why I enjoy that form of like communication with people where I'm actually talking to them and I can hear what they're saying and how they're responding and read their body language and go, okay, cool. They didn't understand that. I need to shift how I'm talking slightly. Whereas with linear conversations, it's so darn hard. I think that's the thing that I struggle with most um, in terms of content creation, which is why I created the podcast, because it's the closest I can to have a conversation with people. And I view it as just a conversation. That's it. Take part in the conversation. Yeah. Thank you very much. Do, do you get that reference? Yes. No. At the beginning of my YouTube channel. Yes. Yes, I, I did. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so some some people may know the reference, but yeah. yeah. I I got the reference. Believe me. Okay. You just you just didn't react. It's part of the conversation. Yeah. Right. Um. I th- I think that's good. Lots of lots of different things to to think about to to feed off of. Uh, simplicity mm. is desirable difficulty i like that yeah right see you all next week <laughs> yeah that wasn't I... awkward that was awkward <laughs> see you all next week guess well, i i heard the i heard the ding oh did you <laughs> yeah i heard the ding i was like what oh okay yeah I'll i'll keep this in the edit bye everyone <laughs> <laughs>